Hey guys, and welcome to Broad Street to Britain, a UK Phillies podcast. Yes, it's 2023, and we are back with a new podcast with me, Dave Shaw, at UK Phillies, and of course, Alex Carr. Alex, how are you, buddy? I am good, sir. Glad to be back, as always. Very, very excited to... We have a lot to talk about. We have got a lot to talk about. Uh, good Christmas, good New Year, although it feels like ages ago now. <laughs> mine was great I, everything everything was really good we did a combined christmas uh my partner and i we did we did a combined family christmas um which was a lot but also a lot of fun um lots of animals running around lots of you know people running around but i really got infected with the christmas spirit and that was really nice even though i'm jewish um <laughs> i still get to i still get to celebrate a little bit so, absolutely um how about you it was good yeah, different, different this year, last year, this year, last year already, uh, but it was good. And then uh, New Year, didn't really do anything because I had a flight the next day, straight out, uh, straight out to Philly on New Year's Day, celebrating the New Year in style, right? What better way Amazing. Than, to, than to be in Philly for New Year? Um, first of all, guys, if you're listening or new to the podcast or a returning listener, welcome. We are going to try and get these podcasts a lot more free-flowing this year. Um Last year, yeah, but we were a bit intermittent. I had a lot going on in life, so uh, it was tough to get the podcast going, but we're good. We're all in a good place, and uh, there's a lot been happening, and we're going to start doing them as well, As you, if you're watching on YouTube. Hi! Hello! <laughs> so we're going to start doing this as well, uh, and start getting a lot more content out there this year, starting with uh, this little pod in January. So, um, yeah, I had my trip. Absolutely amazing. Philly, as ever, you are beautiful, even <laughs> even in the uh, darkest depths of January. Um, but I've always wanted to go over because people say to me, even here, oh, like, what else is there to do in Philly other than uh, baseball and, and all the sports? So I'm like, eh, I don't actually really know. And all I've ever been able to say is, oh, I've heard here is good. And all I've heard here is good. But I've never been actually able to say, oh, definitely try out this. I've been here and you'll love this. Um, so, you know, I thought this is the perfect opportunity, January, the flights are cheap, um, to get out and see a bit of Philly and a bit of PA and a bit of the area. And it's, uh, I could, I've now been able to come back after an action packed week and say, definitely, you know, if you want something in the mountains and the lakes, the Poconos, stunning, absolutely stunning. Um, wish I had more time there. Uh, if you want something completely out of this world and different to anything, certainly back here, uh, Lancaster County. Like just a completely different and such a cool way of life. Just seeing horse and carts and uh, the amazing little towns and villages. Uh, their amazing stores, the food. Oh, definitely the food, the woodcraft. Uh, just uh, just getting out there in general and seeing it all was just amazing. And of course, I need to get this right. The shore, not the coast. <laughs> getting out to the shore, not the beach. Because I understand that's a Delaware thing. So the shore, the Jersey shore, uh, that was awesome. Like the boardwalk, it was a lovely day. I lucked out with the weather. It was mild. It was mainly sunny. But one day of rain, if I can remember. And the Saturday I went to Ocean City. It was beautiful winter's day. Um, half the things weren't open, but it was nice. It was quiet. The broad, uh, boardwalk was awesome. Uh, maybe had about an hour in the arcade. Uh, living out my uh, living out my childhood. Um, 
uh, pizza. Come on. The hype is real. The pizza was incredible. The food all week was incredible, even in Philly and everywhere I went. Um, I didn't have one cheesesteak this time. Not one cheesesteak. What? I know. I always go and I always have the cheesesteaks and the fast food stuff. And I thought, no, this time, doing it proper. Because a wow. lot of I've heard that Philly is such a, a sports passion town and a food. Food is big in Philly. So I've got, right, I'm going to try out these different restaurants. Um, you know, Park uh, in Rittenhouse Square is my favorite without a doubt. French restaurant. Absolutely amazing. Beautiful, beautiful area. Um, you know, everywhere I ate was was just fantastic. Great food, discovering new drink, uh, yards, woohoo, that's some good stuff. Uh, Yingling, of course, and it was just a, it was a great experience, fantastic. Even in January, loved it, loved it. I've got so much to come back with to tell people, like a travel guy, you know, a travel a travel bureau. I am now for Philadelphia in uh, the surrounding <laughs> area. You know, Paoli, Valley Forge, Bryn Mawr, um, Westchester, New uh, Newtown Square, uh, Wayne Media, so many great little spots. Loved it. Can't wait to be back in April. Um, uh, oh, yeah, what a what an experience, what a trip, and all the recommendations that you guys were sending as well on social media. Tried to get as much in as possible. Fantastic recommendations. Can't appreciate it enough. Um, but in the meantime, Alex. And even while I was <laughs> over there, the Phils have been have been really busy. Where where do we even start? Should we start with the latest and work our way back? I think that's going to be yeah, that sounds the good. Best way to do this. So, first of all, and on that Saturday, two players who I love have have gone along with along with Donny Sands in in Matt Veeling and Nicky sorry Donny, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry Donny, <laughs> and his memorable moments um, for. Uh, for Gregory Soto uh, and and uh, Clements, what do you reckon, Alex? At first, I was like, no, mates aren't feeling. No, two players that I love. And then when you break it down and I thought about it, you're like, okay, it's two bench players. Nicky, mate, uh, you know, you grow, I grow fond, you know me, I grow fond of these players, you know, they're like, like my babies. Um, but it's, I think we've got the better of that trade. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I mean, like, I tweeted about this a little bit just because, like, there are, there's a lot of layers with this trade, right? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, this affects the clubhouse chemistry. This affects, you know, the the overall feel of the team. Um, a lot of these guys kind of came up through the system with with Maton and with Veerling. Um, specifically, I mean, like guys like Alec Bohm, uh, guys like especially Bryson Stott. I mean, they Bank have a whole kids. little yeah, they have a whole little friend group, you know. Yeah. But um, it's it's hard to be objectively baseball about this particular trade because, like, obviously there's a human factor to these things. These guys are really good. You know, they're great guys, loved in the clubhouse. But the Phillies ultimately turned what were three roster bubbles, if you will. I mean, I, I was shocked through the postseason. They had four catchers on their 40-man roster. It Donnie Sands, Raphael Marchand, and then, of course, JT and Garrett Stubbs. Yeah. But it was really interesting to see, you know, they, they exchanged 40-man depth pieces for a legitimate unicorn arm, as it were, right? Like, Gregory Soto is, is the hardest-throwing pitcher, left-handed pitcher in baseball, period. End of story. Like, yeah, yeah. Average velocity, he's got it. Like he he is the hardest throwing left-handed pitcher in the game. And that is not something you find very often. I don't know if there are any people out there that remember when Aroldis Chapman came up, a lefty throwing 
let alone 105, but like a lefty throwing the way that he threw was, was absolutely unheard of. So this is a very rare, rare thing to have. Um, and regardless of whether or not he succeeds, you know, that's talent worth taking a bet on. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. In the end you've dealt depth for an all-star caliber closer, um, maybe closer, who knows? Um, and then, you know, a depth piece as well in Cody Clemens, who, you know, I don't really see the um, inherent value, but I know he's got some raw power and I know they've they've probably got some adjustments lined up. Um, but ultimately, you can kind of guess that that kind of player is is not just like a, a, a throw in per se, because he's going to be on the 40 man roster. So they're, they're not just acquiring him for for no reason or for like to make up a little bit of extra value. They see something in Cody Clemens that they're probably going to try and turn him into a legitimate bench piece. So, um, and, you know, it doesn't hurt to acquire a guy with lineage, right? Being Roger Clemens' son. So, um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I in, in the end, I loved the deal. Um, I think that, you know, it's obviously sad to see those guys go, but they weren't going to be starting players here in, in Philadelphia. And, and that's what smart teams do. You deal from your depth. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I trust Dave Dombrowski. <laughs> you know what he's already done for this organization has been unreal. Uh, Soto, three point two eight ERA last year. Uh, interestingly, has thirty saves last year in thirty three attempts. Has six in his career has sixty saves in sixty four attempts. That's a good ratio. That's a that's way more uh, accurate than I would have expected with a guy like Soto, who is not necessarily the greatest uh command rated pitcher in in all of baseball no i and <laughs> you know if you think about it what we just had david robertson and now you know going from him to a potential closing robertson to soto that's a big upgrade that's a that's yeah. a really big upgrade right there it also is i mean it, it's worth noting when you look forward to the left-handed pitcher free agent classes of you know 2023 and onward um things start to get a little slim uh in terms of pickings uh josh Hader is a free agent next year i'm not so sure he'll hit the free agent market but again he's gonna come with a qualifying offer right the padres are gonna offer him a qualifying offer whether or not he accepts who knows but then the drop off is like pretty steep it's jose alvarado which is you know if he repeats this year he's due for a big payday oh yeah maybe the phillies pay him maybe not i don't know um but then it's like Wandy Peralta and then like Aaron loop. And then from there, it's <laughs> yeah. just constant decline. So, I mean, you look at the foresight from Dave Dombrowski here, if they lose Jose Alvarado, they have, you know, it's kind of a meme, but like they have Jose Alvarado at home, right? They have Gregory Soto, who is, who is yep. just, you know, pretty much the same kind of pitcher. And they're probably going to take a similar development path with him. So, um, you know, it's a it's a really, really nice move in terms of foresight um, and just in terms of, you know, in general, you can't have too many high stuff left handed pitchers in your bullpen. You, you not, want that. Not that. If you look what we've already done to the likes of Alvarado, to even Connor Brogdon, who got better as the year went on, two players who went down, of course, in season yeah. and came back up. Uh, see what they've done to, to Suarez. You know, they reformed him a little bit from his sluggish start. They're getting some magic stuff out of Wheeler. Uh, you know, the pitching staff, you know, once they get hold of Soto, that could be that could be exciting. That could be really, really exciting. Well, and you look at what other pitchers have said too. What Craig Kimbrell said 
I think it was Matt Gelb of The Athletic uh, put out a piece uh, that was detailing kind of what Kimbrell had said uh, during his press conference or his Zoom his Zoom conference. Um, he talks about, you know, their 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 approach biomechanically as well as their approach in terms of game planning. Um, and you really kind of start to piece together a little bit how what they're really doing is they're targeting stuff first. Like what they what they said last year, right? They were like, we're going all in on a stuff-based bullpen. And it worked. Their bullpen was fantastic. So what they're what they're doing is they're targeting guys that may have, you know, a little less good control, making some biomechanical adjustments specifically in delivery, um, and refining pitch mixes a little bit, and then just telling them to throw strikes because their natural movement is yep. just going to is just going to work for them. And look at what when Alvarado stopped trying to bite the zone and just started throwing fastballs like over the plate and then cutters down and in, it was over. It yep. was over yeah. for everybody. Nobody could hit him. So I mean, why not just keep going? Keep keep trying that same strategy. It's working. Um and and they certainly have targeted that same profile in many other guys uh that followed not only Gregory Soto but, you know, many, many other pitchers that they've seemingly brought in this year uh, to make similar adjustments. Yeah, The way that the Phillies bullpen is stretching out right now, the way that things look, you've got a back-end tandem of Soto, Kimbrell, uh, Dominguez, and Alvarado, with then a middle innings tandem of Bilotti, Brogdon, and Strom. Then that eighth spot, which is nearly guaranteed to be a bullpen spot now, I thought that maybe there was a chance that uh, Andrew Painter would kind of maybe get a shot to make the bigs. I don't think yep. that's happening now with the acquisition of Soto because in that eighth spot, they're going to want to churn guys through. So you've got the, um, oh my goodness, you've got Nick Nelson. You've got guys like uh, Yelman, who they acquired from the Cubs. You've got guys like Marte. You've got guys like... Um, Plasmeyer. Oh, Plasmeyer. Yeah, Michael yep. Plasmeyer. So like guys that can just continuously Baker. kind of... Yeah, even Drew Baker. Drew Baker's probably going to take a little bit longer. He's probably going to get some reps at AAA. Even Griff McGarry. I mean, like, who yeah, knows yeah. what happens with that eighth spot, but they are definitely going to churn guys through. Um, and the reason I don't bring up guys like Sam Coonrod uh, or, or somebody like that is because they only have a singular uh, minor league option left. So those are guys that they're probably going to be pretty careful with when it comes to calling them up. Um, if anything, Coonrod might be like the first guy that they call up, and then if he stumbles a little bit they send him down to the minors and that's his last you know minor league option burned right there so um we'll see what happens it's isn't, gonna be it's gonna be interesting isn't it amazing that two years ago we had to work open in sam kudron was the their most MLB. reliable reliever two years ago like what and now we have this bullpen when you, when you were naming off the names there it's like this bullpen is is good and it's deep yeah. Dave you know, Dombrowski has done an incredible job. What an incredible a job. job. And, and you know, some of these names, that even when they were brought in, we were like, eh, I don't know. But again, the, the, the coaching has been phenomenal. Like you said, like yep, Soto, Kimball, Dominguez, Alvarado. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> no, that is good. If you told that to a Phillies fan in 2020 after they had just watched Brandon Workman <laughs> blow oh, a, a six-run lead. Oh, or, or David Hale coming to face Trevor Story. If you had told if you had told the Phillies fan, hey, don't worry, you're gonna have a back end tandem of Sir Anthony Dominguez, Jose Alvarado, Gregory Soto, and Craig Kimbrell, they would have slapped you across the face. There was even, there's no way, you know. And and Kimbrell got a lot of you know very mixed when he came in. But I was looking at his 2022 stats, 3.75 ERA, not bad 
uh, wasn't bad at all for the Dodgers. 22 saves in 27 attempts. Uh, um, but again, do, do you think uh, do you think Tom uh, Thompson will go by closer by committee to start off with? Definitely. I think that I think they're playing their cards a little closer to the vest than it's going to actually be during the season. I think my initial thought was Sir Anthony and Alvarado were going to get like the seventh and eighth innings, depending yeah. on the lineup orientation, um, because that just to me, that makes a lot of sense. Those guys are locked down, but you don't necessarily need to stress them out with closing duties. Um, with Soto, I think that he is another guy that like in high stress innings, he can handle it. Maybe not a closer, uh, but definitely high stress kind of guy. Maybe he'll show himself as a closer. But with Kimbrell, Kimbrell has a reputation for for struggling outside of safe scenarios. So I thought that maybe he would be the guy that they go to more often than not. I guess that's not the plan, but I think eventually a closer is going to establish themselves. Um, and, and I think that that is going to happen uh, you know, probably a few months into the season, but I think there's good, there's just going to be one guy that probably runs away with it and they trust more than the others. And, who who you do know. you, if you had to make a call now, who would you see that being? Sir Anthony possibly, or? I honestly think, because if Craig Kimbrell is coming to Philadelphia and willing to make changes to his tried and true arsenal, he could really be good. He has that like mentality of a closer yeah. Um, that that you really need. Obviously, I mean, he's the active saves leader, for goodness sake. Like, there's a reason that he is who he is and he's established the reputa reputation that he has. So if he's really willing to make some tweaks to his arsenal and his pitch usage, I think there could really be a strong case for Craig Kimbrell to be that go-to closer kind of guy. If not, probably Soto. I'd say probably Greg Soto because he has yeah. the most experience um, in that role. So we'll see. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch either way. Hey, got, and, so. and who? Brad Hand could be on could be on call again for some more saves. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll see where he ends up. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, and it's just quickly on the uh, bullpen. Uh, Matt Strand from the Red Sox also came in. Uh, actually, had a, not a bad year last year for the Red Sox. Well, his. That's like for me. The additions of Kimbrel and Soto only made the Strom acquisition better because mm. I think Strom is probably the guy they're going to turn to for multiple innings now. I think he's that kind of guy that, um, because you know he's been a starter for the majority of his career. Injuries obviously derailed him a little bit, but then he came back with the Red Sox out of the bullpen and was kind of a not a mop up guy per se, but he pitched multiple innings when he came in for relief a majority of the time. I think um, so. You know, this is a guy that. You know, even though they have now three left-handed pitchers in the in the bullpen, kind of de facto, um, this is a guy that definitely can provide you more than one inning, um, and is someone who has a lot more upside than he might let on. Um, he's struggled to stay healthy, but I mean, he's got some really, really good pitch identities that and 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 characteristics that are really exciting in a guy like him. So uh, especially from the left side. So I'm looking forward to that. I think he's going to be one of the more underrated acquisitions by the Phillies this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm getting excited already. <laughs> me too. <laughs> just, talking about, just talking about this bullpen uh, is going to be excited already, but it, it, we're in a great place. We're in a great place with the bullpen, yeah. you know, and Connor Brogdon can probably do some middle innings as well. What a oh great, yeah. You know, what a, what a great, what a great depth, what great Dave, bullpen. I can't believe we're saying this. Where would um, you rank their bullpen among the NL East? I'm curious to know. Oh, that's tough though. Isn't it? <laughs> um, it's potential, it's potential to be up there with the best. 
surely let's be honest here. You know, it's I'm not just we're saying with my red and white uh, Phillies goggles on. It has <laughs> the, the potential there is to be quite shut down as it was yeah. last year, and we've added to it. You know, and what what I loved about Topper last year and how refreshing it was after watching Girardi is that he put the closes, he put the, the pitches in by feel of the game. How refreshing, you know, and sometimes it looked odd, you know, eighth inning, Sir Anthony will come in and Brad Ham will do the ninth, but he went by lineup and he went by the strengths of, you know, oh, hang on, back end of the lineup in the ninth, Brad Ham's got this, we'll get Alvarado and Dominguez in the meet of the lineup in the seventh and eighth innings. Uh, he had so much trust in that bullpen and nine times out of 10, they came out, they they came they came through, you know. Okay, postseason. I think they were tiring. You know, the, the bullpen was empty. Everybody was empty. Let's be honest. Um, they'd given it everything, and you, you know, you couldn't fault them because they had given everything throughout the postseason. They had nothing left, and that's all you can ask for from your pitchers and from your team. Um, going into bullpen to rotation, I presume now. I think it's safe to say Bailey Falter will stay in the rotation. Do you think he won't? He won't drop back now. I don't think so. I think he's probably got, unless, you know, barring some sort of, uh, I guess, minor league competition deal uh, or, or, or something of that nature. I think he's probably got it, um, which I, I love that idea. I think that that is, oh, that is yeah, a yeah, great absolutely. way to, to test and see what you've got. I mean, he's the fifth starter, so you're not exactly looking for, you know, you're just looking for a guy that can give you five innings, six innings, maybe, uh, you know, give up three to four runs every start and you're, you're pretty good. So, you know, you're keeping your team in the game at least. Um, but he really, I mean, he surprised a lot of people last year. Um, and even though the, the expected stats don't look insanely great, I think that the more confidence he gains, again, I, I say this every year, if he can find that little velocity bump that he had back in 2020 before he, uh, he got COVID and, and then that kind of derailed him a little bit. But um, if he can find that little velocity bump, he will be really, really effective. And worst case, he, he bumps into the bullpen and you you kind of bring somebody else up. But um, yeah, I think I think he probably has the, the fifth rotation spot. Yeah, and of course you've got, well, Syndergaard's gone. Eflin has gone and all the best to, to both Everyone of those. Syndergaard prepare came in. for Zach Eflin. Zach Eflin is going to be great in Tampa Bay. If he can stay healthy, obviously, but he's going to be great. Yeah, I'm quite relieved he's out the NL. I know we'll still see every team next year, and we will see him at, probably at some point, but I'm quite glad he's, he's out the NL East. We're not going to see him as much because uh, really good. Just, you just know he's been one of those pitchers going to come back to Citizens Bank and just haunt us. So I'm quite glad that, uh, but all the best to Zach Eflin. What a, what a guy in general, you know, and I, I, you know, on his day when Zach was on it, he was again. It was a great picture to watch. Did a great yes. job for Syndergaard. Came in, did did a job, you know, for his short term contract. Um, we could have Tyjon Walker. So we've got Wheeler, Walker, Nola, Suarez, Falter. Would you want to see one more come in, or do you think that's the five, and then possibly Painter maybe as a six, or do you think Painter will now get more reps in the minors before we see him? They are definitely going to be very careful with all of Painter, Abel, and McGarry. I think that those are guys that they are looking at and saying for a postseason run, depending on how they, you know, how their minor league campaigns are going and depending on how uh, taxed their arms are. And I think they're going to take that into account. But for a postseason run, having three fresh arms that you can call on and just say, hey, here we go. Yeah, that's a pretty big deal. Um, so I, I I think Painter Painter obviously it's been said that he has the best chance of making the 
the opening day roster. I don't, I think that's pretty much out of the cards now um, unless he has some ridiculously amazing spring. Um, But Mm -hmm. I don't think it's out of the question that by mid season, he could be up and maybe usurp that, that fifth starter spot. As far as everything else goes, I mean, I'm psyched for that rotation. That rotation is very, very good. That tandem of Wheeler and Nola at the top obviously led them to the World Series uh, this year and, and maybe came up a little short, but they were, they were tired, guys. Come on. Um, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, Ranger being Ranger and, and having a little bit more time this year to prepare. Obviously, last year with the visa issues, um, that got him off on the wrong foot. Same with Wheeler and his injury. Um, so, you know, very excited for both of those guys to have a full offseason to prepare. Well, as full as it can be when you are returning from the yeah. World Series. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, and then Taiwan Walker, I'm excited to see how that develops. 3.44 ERA last year in 152 innings is, is, is good. Solid. You can Solid. sell me on any starting pitcher that throws a splitter. You can sell me <laughs> anytime because they're all good. All of them, especially when their splitter is as good as Taiwan Walker's. You look at Kevin Gaussman. You look at Alex Cobb and the step forward he took last year before he got hurt. You look at all these guys that, that, that throw splitters as a reliable secondary. Almost all those starters succeed if they can command it. So I'm not trying to impose any, you know, uh, unrealistic expectations on Taiwan, but I mean, boy, is it going to be really fun to watch his stuff develop and see what the Phillies do with him. And it's also from a human perspective, again, it's great to see some diversity in the cast of characters that we have uh, in with the Phillies this year, because boy, it was getting a little bit monochromatic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that you, was worrisome. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, saying how, how does our bullpen stack up to the rest of the NL East, but there are our rotation, you know, again, could be, you know, I'm getting excited it's a about good that. one. I can get excited about our pitching. I can't believe two years, three years ago, you I would even be like this about our pitching. But again, this rotation could be just if they show the form of the back end of last season and and you know that run from June, it could be it could be mighty. Obviously, we're gonna have bad days. You know, you're gonna have some bad starts here and there. That's baseball. Every pitcher goes for it. Um, another refreshing thing is that remember two years ago when we used to had no depth, all these injuries, and we were pushing up. You know, these prospects quickly through the ranks had no time to season themselves in the minors. You know, Spencer Howard, I think, is a prime example. You know, we <laughs> rushed him up straight to the bigs. And now, I don't even know, he's still at the Rangers? Where Where is Spencer He Howard is still now? with the Rangers. You know, it's nice that we can now take our time a little bit on Abel and, uh, and Painter and sort of let him season a bit in the minors a bit more. Get him really ready, get him dialed in and then bring him up. You know, it's nice to have that depth to look after our prospects as well and bring them up when they're ready not because we've got nobody else you know right. um so the, the bullpen the rotation do you think do you see who do you like to see else come in on that side of things it's uh oh, one more one more bullpen piece one more rotation piece what can you see the phil's doing honestly bullpen wise they're they're pretty set um they they have done a lot to bolster that depth, not only internally, but just in terms of, you know, who they've gone out and acquired. Um, John Duplantier was signed to a minor league deal a, 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 like a week or so ago. Um, he's a really interesting arm to look at. He's never really had a full season to work on like in a relief capacity, but was once a, a, a I think the top prospect in the Diamondbacks organization as a starting pitcher. So, you know, 
very interesting arm there could really benefit from, you know, learning the Philly cutter as it were. Um, Mm. So that will be an interesting one to watch as far as rotation, maybe, you know, sign a couple of guys that are going to eat you some innings in the minors. And, and, and maybe if you, if you need them, um, you call them up. I mean, Plasmire is as good as seven eighth starting pitcher as, as you can find right now. Um, He's got a bunch of minor league options left. So, I mean, in terms of depth, I feel like they'll they'll just answer any issues internally. You know, you can call on Painter, you can call on Abel, you can call on McGarry, you can call on Bailey Falter if he ends up getting sent back down. If they want to acquire a starting pitcher at the deadline, they have a rotation piece with minor league options in Bailey Falter. Um, yeah, yep, you know, yep. it's completely and fully up to them uh, where they feel they need to go. But honestly, for the first time, I can say on a pitching side of things, I think I'm fully satisfied with I think we're set, where right? they are. Yeah. It's right. it's kind of shocking. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. No, when you think about it, it really is. And then it's nice to go into a season, you know, into spring with already a rotation set. Right. Here you go, yeah. guys. This is going to be your days. Bullpen. Yeah. No battles. No, no exactly. issues. Yeah. Yeah. However, on the, on the playing side of things. So we've got a little bit to do here. Uh, Gene Segura's gone. What a ledge. <sighs> you know, I, I I hope he gets a real big ovation that first game back with the Marlins. Uh, it's the second home series of the season, straight after the Reds. Um, What a guy. I love watching him. I love watching him in the red pinstripes. He just always, he was so, pa- I love his passion. You know, yes. his, his passion was infectious. Um, it was really, I have to say, all those years of really unwarranted, like, He's a clubhouse issue. He's, yeah, yeah, you know, he's always yeah. in the middle of all these fights. But having him come to Philadelphia and show that he is anything but that was really cool. And I honestly, his career with Philadelphia ended in the best way in that, you know, Absolutely. he broke his postseason drought. He went to the World Series. He had a ton of memorable moments. I mean, wish him all the best. He's still a great player. I think I cannot believe the deal the Marlins got for him. Um, mm. Honestly, kind of shocking because he is still a gold glove caliber defender with a really contact prone bat. So I wish him luck. I hope, uh, I hope he doesn't kill the Phillies too hard, but yeah, he's great. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And of course we've lost feeling Mayton as well. Um, Half is going to be out for the first half of the season. Uh, So the Phillies have got a little bit of work to do. We haven't really brought, Anybody apart, obviously Trey Turner, we'll get to in just a second. <laughs> that flies, yeah, nobody, I, nobody for the nobody, lineup. Yeah, this guy is just Trey Turner. Any good? <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, um, Clemens has come in, but you know, he, I don't think he's quite on veiling Maton's sort of depth level. So, <clears throat> center field, we need depth, obviously. Brandon Marsh, we need depth in the outfield. Outfield now. I- so, the outfield one is an interesting one. Obviously, we need Matt Veiling, he is uh, has gone. The backup for what Brandon Marsh. So we've got Brandon Marsh, Harper on the DH, when, even when he returns from the injury. We've got to add that backup. Two names that have been mentioned a lot Adam Duval, McCutcheon, both free agents. Do the Phils pull the trigger on either of those two, Alex? Can you see it happening? I think that, I mean, Dalton Guthrie still exists. So Dalton Guthrie is going to be a guy that yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely gets some time uh, to, you know, hang out in center field maybe defensively replace and and right field, depending on what they do um, defensively or or maybe in left field too with Kyle Schwarber out there. Um, But I think there is, there are very few free agents left on the market that make more sense for this team than Adam Duvall. I mean, one of the best arms in the major leagues, 
uh, is an elite defender at both the corner and apparently center field, uh, as was expressed through his time with the Braves, uh, which is a shock. Um, But he makes a ton, a ton of sense, not only as like a late game power bat off the bench, but also a defensive replacement. He has, again, a hugely strong arm, accurate arm, covers both of those positions of need for the fills could potentially when Harper gets back, maybe he kind of platoons at times against left-handed pitching in center field. Um, You know, who knows, but, but he makes a ton, a ton of sense for the Phillies. Tyler Naquin does too, um, you know, especially with the shift kind of going away. Um, Tyler Naquin is a really often shifted against bat um, who also would really benefit from, you know, the Phillies short porch uh, in right field. Um, There's, there's a couple other guys like Brian Anderson um, who used to play for the Marlins. I really like can also act as kind of like some infield depth as well. Um, You know, obviously another really strong arm and a really, you know, lots of potential in that bat. But I think you're definitely going to see them make a play for some sort of outfield depth. Maybe it maybe it is Andrew McCutcheon. I'm sure he can probably find a starting spot elsewhere um, just because of his his veteran leadership. Um, but who knows? I mean, for vibes alone, everybody would love to see Andrew McCutcheon come back. Yeah, so, catching that clubhouse. I, oh, man. Yeah, I definitely I definitely think you're going to see the Phillies make a move for an outfield bat. I think that's uh, that's pretty whether that's a trade or whether that's a free agent acquisition. Yeah. And infield Trey Turner you know when I was walking around the club shop last week you know with the, the Turner jerseys I'm like damn Trey Turner's a Philly you know it's it, wow what a what 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 a signing what a deal come on, come on Alex for those that don't know or you know no Trey Turner good player don't know you know the in-depth about him what is this superstar bringing this stud bringing to the Phillies lineup it is very seldom, I think, that you look at a team and see three perennial MVP candidates on that team. But, I mean, JT Realmuto just finished 10th in MVP voting last year. Bryce Harper, obviously, when he's healthy, will probably get some votes. Already won the award in 2021. I mean, Trey Turner, the I think he's like the 7th or 8th most war accrued player over the last like six or seven years. I mean, like what, what are you going to complain about when it comes to, when it comes to that guy, just elite speed and doesn't just rely on his legs uh, to get things done. He is also one of the, as Charlie Manuel put it, one of the smoothest swings or the smoothest swing uh, in baseball with, you know, he's got pop surprisingly for his, his small frame. Um, he's just a complete, he's a complete baseball player. And yeah, the glove at shortstop might not, you know, might not last forever. Um, He showed a lot of improvement over the last two years, but um, you know, probably, probably won't last forever, but he would be a darn fine second baseman. Uh, And, you know, they also have Bryson Stott who maybe after he's because he's going to play at second base this year, but maybe when Trey Turner is ready to move over to second base, Bryson Stott shifts over to shortstop, who knows, who knows, but I mean, the Phillies have acquired another perennial MVP candidate. They did so at a, a shockingly low annual average value. Right, Dan. Um, yep. I mean, he is uh, he's going to be a Philly for life, and and that is pretty darn cool, if you ask me. Um, just the perfect guy. He solves, ticks all the boxes, right? He's he's going to hit leadoff. He is, you know, uh, he generates runs all by himself. 
He's a smart base runner. He's solid. I mean, bases, he's the full yep. thing. He's complete package. Yep. And I mean, especially with bigger bases this year, JC Real Muto already had a 2020 season last <laughs> Good year. Point. Yeah. Like yeah. with with for goodness sakes, Kyle Schwarber stole 10 bases last year. Like the Phillies are a very good team on the base paths. So with Trey Turner at the top of your lineup, I mean, singles could be doubles before you know it with him. Um just specifically because I mean these bases are only getting larger. So who knows what that's going to do for for the game of baseball, but uh, I'm I'm really excited to see what Trey can do uh, in a Phillies uniform. It's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, a point two nine eight average alone for Trey Turner last year. It's it's uh, I, you know just the, the lineup could be absolutely deadly. You know what 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 if a season started tomorrow, what would be your lineup right now? Oh, this is so difficult because without Bryce Harper, right? It, yeah, things get a little bit interesting. Um. For me, I think it's gonna go. I think it's gonna go Trey Turner to J T. Realmuto. You think Trey will lead off? I do. I think. I think no matter what happens, I think Trey Turner is leading off. I just think that that a lot of a lot of the team seems to, or a lot of the fan base, excuse me, seems to think that like Kyle Schwarber is devoted to hitting leadoff, and you know it, it's a it's a non-starter for him. He has to hit leadoff. I don't know how true that is. But I do know that, you know, it would be silly not to put Trey Turner batting leadoff. It'd just be silly. Like, especially him and JT Romuto hitting back-to-back in this lineup. That's such a hard tandem to double up. Yeah. Like, you are guaranteeing that, you know, if one of them gets on base, one of them's going to stay on base. Um, And that's that's kind of great. So I would go Trey to JT. I bat Kyle Schwarber third. I do think Kyle Schwarber hitting third would be a, a really interesting outcome because obviously with the shift going away um we are kind of going to start seeing his average yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit yeah. um there was also a lot of uh you know he, he got a bit unlucky last year in terms of uh not in terms of batting average but in terms of like slugging and, and, and things of that nature he is he's a really good baseball player so i'm excited to see maybe he ends up hitting third um and i would probably put like reese hoskins at fourth uh nick castellanos at fifth uh maybe bryson stott creeps into the sixth hole um then probably whoever is going to be in right field um, replacing, um, you know, the the injured Bryce Harper, whether that's Adam Duvall or, or, or somebody else, I'd bat them seventh. Alec Boehm eighth for now. For now. I'm expecting a lot of good things out of Alec Boehm in 2023. I'm just saying. For now, Alec Boehm batting eighth and then Brandon Marsh batting Brandon ninth. Marsh, is, nine. is how I'd, how I'd line it up. What I mean, I, oh, and that's, oh, a, that's a lot of speed, man. Going yeah. from nine to one to two, like – Brandon Marsh is pretty darn quick. Then you go to Trey Turner, the one of the fastest men in all of baseball, and then JT Romuto, the fastest catcher probably ever. I mean, like that's a lot of speed. That's a it's, pretty it's, darn good way to turn the line. It's a over. lot of pop and it's a lot of speed, which is a it's a pretty damn good mix to have. You know what it? It and sure again, is. This this lineup, when Bryce is back in it, stacking oh, up the man. rest of the NL East, like. I we genuinely have a shot at winning this division and going I think again and going one step further. Honestly, I really like, yeah. We, we've improved in last season. I don't think it's far fetched to say that this with Bryce Harper back, this is this is probably the best lineup in the NL East. Um, just because I mean, when you combine all of the factors of speed, power, average, I mean, you have you know, two of the, and again, batting average is not a, a tell-all metric anymore, but no. you look at like, you know, somebody like Trey Turner, somebody like Bryce Harper, somebody like JT Romuto, these guys make contact 
more often than not. Um, you know, you look at somebody like Kyle Schwarber, who led the National League in home runs. Nick Castellanos could be due for a bounce back season. Oh, I yeah, think probably absolutely. will probably will bounce back. Um, you know, again, Bryce Harper with with when you're talking about power. Um, if you put Adam Duvall in that lineup, that's another little power bat to to give you. Um, they get on base a ton. I mean, they don't strike out all that often when you look at somebody like Bryson Stott, when you look at somebody like Alec Bohm. I mean, look, as far as Phillies lineups go, it is probably the best we've seen. I want to say since like 2009, but I think it might be better than 2009. Oh, like Yikes. it's yeah. really, well, like you compare it, right? Like you've got J roll as your, as your, as your base stealer and your, your leadoff hitter, right? Yeah. Trey Turner is just as, I mean, Trey Turner is, arguably a hall of famer uh right now May- maybe needs a little bit a little bit of a way to go but j-roll is currently struggling to get into the hall of fame but they're they're definitely similar calibers of players right um yeah, absolutely you look at you know if you look at i guess ryan howard is who we're going to be comparing for kyle schwarber which is like they are very, very similar players, and the, the shift is about to go away. The shift is what killed Ryan Howard's yeah, I was career. Say, that's what what I, can I, it do for Ryan Kyle Schwarber's career? Like, what can it do for Kyle Schwarber's career? Bryce yep. Harper and Chase Utley, we're comparing. I would take probably Bryce Harper over Chase Utley. I love Chase. Love the man to death. I'd probably take Bryce Harper over Chase Utley. JT Romuto and Jason Worth, we're kind of comparing. I mean, like, it really does feel like this is at least the best lineup we've seen since 2009, if not the best lineup we've seen Yep. It, since like, I don't even know when. Since the Mike Schmidt days, probably. It, it, which it's is by crazy far the best lineup in my since I, my fandom since 2012. I that's, mean, that's so bad. Crazy. If you compare the 2015 lineup to this right now, it's it's light and night and day. Um, and the Mets have got a little bit come back to us with the Carlos Correa, uh, and they've got Escobar instead. You know, woo. I, I, you know, I, I know that lineup been... is looking a little yeah. Light. It is, like, it is, and the Braves. I never write off the Braves because they're always there. You can't. About. You can't. You can. But the Nats and Marlins are there for everyone's taking. Do you, do you know what I'm looking forward to? Like uh, some people say, the A part season, uh, it's slow. It's baseball's a slow burner. Early games don't really have that same intensity and stuff. But I think for us and the NL East, it is because it's going to be such a dogfight between us, the Mets, yeah. and the Braves that. Every win early doors counts, you know, because this division's yep. up for grabs. This could be this could be a fantastic colossal dogfight between us, the Braves, and the Mets. You know, and these are we don't face the Mets until the end of May, early June. I think it's the first time we face the Mets. You know, we need to get some wins on the ball before we face them, and then we've got them in a flurry between in summer and and we've got them twice in September. Um, it's it's going to be important to get those wins against the likes of the Reds, the Marlins, the Nationals, early doors. You know, these early games, which sometimes like, eh, you know, the season's just starting, not going to mean much. It, it is this year. I think I think it yeah. really is. And every series against the Mets and Braves is just going to be fantastic. You know, I, I can't wait. I, I, I can't wait. I think this team under Rob Thompson, the fantastic coaches we have, like what a setup we have. Again, compared to two, three years ago, what a contrast! All started with getting Dave Dombrowski in, uh, Sam Fold, the backroom staff. The Phils did it right. They started at the top and worked their way down to get the backroom in place, get the foundations in place, and then get the farm at the the minor league set up, all set up with the coaches. Then get the coaches in, then get the players we need in. 
Girardi going, Rob Thompson coming in, the rest is history. And now this team is, again, you know, you can't write them off getting deep into the postseason again. You know, it, it's 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 that good. It's potentially that good. Quickly, who would you else would you add to the lineup? Uh, obviously, depth players now is what we're looking at. Who would you add to that bench that's around at the moment? For me, what the bench looks like right now is it's Dalton Guthrie, it's Garrett Stubbs, it's Derek Hall, and then Edmundo Sosa, um, which great bench, first yeah, of all, yeah. even after trading Nick Maton and after trade. And I tweeted about this too. I think the reason that Nick Maton was expendable is because Edmundo Sosa is just a really good baseball player that is just Gotta sitting on the healthy. Phillies bench. So, I mean... That's just, it, it's the way it is, right? Uh, yeah. You got to deal from your depth. But, um, you know, that's that's a great bench. I do think probably Derek Hall is the guy that maybe will be the odd man out when Bryce Harper comes back. Um, but at least for now, he projects to start on the bench, which is great because then you have so much flexibility. If you do bring in a guy like Adam Duvall, right? You plop Adam Duvall in right field, Nick Castellanos is DHing. Maybe then you shift Nick Castellanos to right field and put Derek Hall at DH against certain soft-tossing yep. right-handed pitchers. Yep. Like, you have a lot of ways that you can mix this up. Derek Hall can come in as well, kind of in late game as a, as a pinch hitter. Um, you know, there's a lot, a lot that you can do with that bench. Um, so in terms of adding more guys, maybe they favor, you know, Cody Clemens over Derek Hall. Um, and maybe Derek Hall starts in AAA. Um, who knows? Maybe they, you know, there's a guy that really impresses in spring. Um, you know, that that can definitely happen. There's also, you know, the factors of Johan Rojas is here. Simone Muziati is here. Um, those are two guys that are really great gloves and add some speed and versatility to your to your bench. So, um, you know, and I, I think both of those guys are going to get the year to kind of develop a little bit more. Um, but, man, it really is so seldom that you look at a Phillies ball club at least and you say, this is a complete team. And I really think yep. with the exception of the the addition in the outfield that they need to make, I really do think once they make that move, you're looking at a really, really complete baseball team. And, and, and you know, as homerish as I may be at times, um, I, I, I sit down and I look at this roster and I really struggle to find ways that I would improve it past the one aspect that I've already mentioned um, because you know, whether it's just the fact of some guys being here, obviously like you can always improve upon some of the players that you have, but in terms of what they are locked into as far as roster construction, it's a complete baseball team. They have really good, really, really good crop here. Um, and it's really, it's just fascinating to see the way that this organization has shifted over the last, you know, three years, four years. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. It's pretty cool to see. It, it, it's awesome. And, you know, 79 days till opening day. Like, I'm ready now. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm counting down the day till to track day. No, you I'm know? ready for spring training. I'm That's ready. For, I'm ready for spring training. I'm ready for track day. I'm ready to see the fanatic waving, waving the trucks out of Citizens Bank Park, uh, which, by the way, looks so, so strange about the scoreboard up there it's uh i know right you don't really appreciate the scoreboard and what a sort of iconic part of citizens bank park it is until it's gone it's like just doesn't look right i can't wait to see i really i don't know i'm kind of worried that it's going to look too big the new scoreboard they I, are I making it bigger gonna... from what i've seen from what i had from what's already been constructed when i was there last week it was yeah it's going to be bigger i'm I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. And now, I but... do, I do wonder what they're doing with the old one too. I kind of, 
I kind of wonder what's what's happening with that, but we'll see. I'll Maybe it's it. going to go in like in right field or some. Who knows? I can put it in my garden. <laughs> <laughs> An apple, you have it. Uh, go on social media. Uh, ask you guys, uh, what else would you do with the lineup so far? Uh, Jordan says we would definitely need an outfielder, which is what we've alluded to pretty much to, to cover Bryce's absence. Give Kyle Nick a break and switch them between the DH. So maybe someone like Adam Duval. Uh, it's nice to have a DH, isn't it? That we can actually utilize, you know, the DH saved Bryce Harper last year and saved the field. They no would not have made the that. World Series last year if the DH didn't exist. Yeah, absolutely. There and was now, no way. And now we can sort of see the DH for what it was going to be last year, I suppose, before Bryce's injury and Bryce occupied that DH. And obviously when he'll come back, same again. He'll have that DH. I'm happy with that. You know, keep uh, keep Bryce at the back. Perfect for me. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested to see what the field's doing. There is, like I said, there's good versatile options there as well. Uh, Jeffrey Branch says at this point, an outfielder as a fill in for Bryce, and he's ready to play. Uh, Dylan wants Duval or McCutcheon. Uh, Martin Caden says again, Cutch and another starter. Uh, Jack Smith, Cutch and a one year and another starter. I've got to think Andrew Pater is going to see big league time this season, but that can't be the plan. Um, but but that can't be the plan to wait for him to be ready. Jeff Durham says, Mike Mustakas, Eric Hosmer, Jesus Aguilar, oh, or someone ugh. else who can play first instead of the corner butcher. Uh, Reese is wow. my guy. <laughs> I can't say. Uh, Reese is I don't guy. think there's there's ever been a more divisive player in Philadelphia sports. I, I really don't. He is so hated, but also so loved by so many people. It's kind of <laughs> wild. What's going to happen to Reese? You know what? Oh, what's the end game for Reese? It's so bizarre. Like you said, he's so well, decisive with this fan base. What? But what is? Because Reese seems to me the sort of guy who would would take any sort of money to play for the Phils. He seems like that's. I don't know. It took a great deal, and I can see. Do they try and lock Reese up long term on a good deal, or do they just keep doing this year, two year short contract thing and sort of see how he plays out? First of all, it's going to be hilarious. When because I get so many people calling me a a, a something a, a Reese Reese fanboy or, or something like that specifically because I, I highlight when Reese Hoskins does well because he is a very good baseball player every metric suggests that he is and yeah he doesn't have a great glove but what are you gonna do um, but I because I highlight him doing well apparently I'm a, a big fanboy of Reese but. He is going to have a career year this year. That's just how it works. He's going to have a career year. He's going to hit 35, 40 home runs. He's going to go into, I mean, the the free agent class next year, the best bat outside of Shohei Otani and outside of maybe Manny Machado is like Matt Chapman, maybe. And that's a huge drop off. I mean, it is a terrible free agent class in terms of offense. Um, yeah. like it, it's really bad. So Reese Hoskins is going to be a heavily valued player because he is going to be coming off of a great year. Probably, even if he's not, he's going to be a heavily valued player because he has a ton of potential offensively. He always does. He's, he's just that kind of guy. So I think the eventual outcome is that they probably, the Phillies probably offer him a qual- qualifying offer. He probably declines because again, it's a bat light class next and year and i think he probably well, i think yes so he's gonna be he's gonna be jonesing for some money um i think he probably ends up elsewhere um you know and i, I that's gonna be really in california sad somewhere 
I, well, I could see him go again. He's a first baseman with a not great glove, but with the DH being a thing, he's going to be a, a highly valued designated <laughs> hitter. Um, so like we're, we're talking about the depth chart goes Shohei Otani, Reese Hoskins at designated hitter. So, I mean, he's probably going to get a pretty good payday. Um, and I think the Phillies will probably pivot elsewhere for a bat. I keep saying this to anybody that asks me, I think Matt Chapman to Philadelphia is kind of a lock. Um, they're going to want that platinum glove and they're going to want uh, a guy that can kind of, you know, pump some power into the lineup late in the lineup. So, um, I think that's probably where they turn with the money that they uh, have coming I wasn't off the ready books. For this with, chat, with actually, I don't know why I brought it up. I'm I know. Not, I, not, that's I'm why I kind of went, oh, don't. I'm not ready yeah, for this at all. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But he's he's going to be great this year. I can I can state that in ink. He is going to have a huge year because everybody always does when they're leaving their, you know, their team that they grew up with, uh, you know, and then – go off into free agency. So be interesting. Oh, I just can't. I, I, it's Reece okay. Wouldn't... It's bittersweet. Reese wouldn't go back to Kapler, would he? Come on. Guy nearly. Oh, that's got... a good landing spot yeah. for him though. Well, I can see, yeah, I can see the giants, but Kapler again, I don't Oh man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to even think about <laughs> Reese in a different uniform. I can't do it. Uh, Mikey Diaz says, I would like to see Michael Wacker added at number five. Is he a free agent? Interesting. Would we, would we have to yeah. Trade? No, he's a free agent. He he uh he has not signed yet. Surprisingly, had a like mediocre year with the with the Red Sox. Red Sox. Uh, I think his uh, I think his on paper stats were good, but you know as far as the peripherals go, he was pretty mediocre. Um, I mean maybe uh, he probably gets a guaranteed deal elsewhere, and I don't think the Phillies are looking to guarantee a roster spot and money yeah. to a uh to to a guy that is just kind of gonna be bailey falter reskinned you know what i'm saying like yeah, you know yeah. a different version of bailey falter yeah so i don't really see that happening but it, maybe maybe they a lot of people seem to want another starter i didn't know that was a thing so maybe they go out and and you know give a guy a split contract or or something like that i doubt it but uh jim mccall hatton says they've done a great job this year improving the team with talent in my opinion only area to improve is a starting rotation uh we've got some great guys interesting but- but could use one more quality arm. Uh, I think people just want to see that one to four absolute dominance. Well, we've got it already, really. One to five. I'm telling you. One to six dominance, you know. But this town was spoiled. This town was spoiled with the 2011 rotation. Absolutely spoiled. Nobody, like, a Roy Halladay, Cole Hamels, Cliff Lee, you know, uh, Roy Oswalt, and Joe Blanton. uh, Rotation does not happen every day that 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 is not a normal thing um and it it really hasn't happened since like even the mets who just spent a bajillion dollars on a new rotation mm-hmm. theirs is nothing compared to you know halliday lee hamels uh and oswald so that that just doesn't happen really anymore um so i don't know what you want from them but <laughs> the fifth starter is always kind of a guy that like is either a prospect or like just a guy that's going to eat you some innings. And, and, and Bailey Falter is that, especially now that he doesn't really have to worry about, you know, if, if he is granted that spot, he doesn't have to worry about, you know, Oh, maybe I'll be pitching out of the bullpen. Maybe I'll be, no, he's, he's a starting pitcher this year. That's what exactly. he is. And, and he's not going to, he's not going to shift elsewhere until otherwise noted. Again. And if you look at two years ago, when our fifth start was Vince Velasquez, you know, <laughs> Bailey Falter, 
Vince Velasquez. You know, we've at we've, least we've, you know what you're getting in Bailey Falter. Yeah, <laughs> Vince was a wild ride every every time. And uh uh Christina uh Christian sorry Christian says uh Mike Trout which I think would be well, everyone's dream that'd be great. answer uh and that would lock us the world series in and good night Vienna <laughs> we, you know the season's done before it starts um Alex I think that's uh I think that's pretty much a wrap that is everything up to date if that's as up to date as we, we can did. get except the Phils did release someone while we were yeah, Vinny Natoli got released. There you go. So you're now exactly bang up to date as you can be with the Phils uh, for this uh, early January. Uh, it's been fun, Alex. It's been fun talking oh. Phils again. It's been fun to Isn't it always? It's been a nice refresher for myself. And now I'm 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 pumped. You know, it's 79 <laughs> days until it's uh, DeGrom versus Wheeler, Rangers versus the Phils in Texas. Uh, if DeGrom makes it to opening day. But yeah, I mean, he never should does, does he? Let's, uh, that could we'll be, see. Uh, or it could be Spencer Howard. <laughs> Knock on wood for him, though. I would, I honestly would love to see Degrom in a Rangers uniform on opening day. I feel like that would be a really cool. Because oh, yeah, yeah, I don't care anymore. He's he's not a Met. I'm fine. Yeah, Watch him be a, a brilliant pitcher. It'd be great. World Series, and they bizarrely get there. We ain't gonna see him again. So get him out right. the, out the way on day one. <laughs> uh, I wonder, you know, you know, especially if the Phils, it is the Grom, and the Phils, you know, knock a few past him. There's no better way to start the season than a win against the uh, oh. the Grom. You know, it's that's the best way to start the season. You know, and then the Yankees after, and then the Reds, then the Marlins, and we're we're straight into a season. God, they're uh, gonna need that break. They need that break against the Reds because, good lord, that's two two tough matchups. That that Rangers rotation is is. It's pretty decent. It's and a we're lot of the top of it as well. Yeah, we're getting the meat of that rotation. Yeah, it's a lot of ceiling, but not a lot of floor. But like, if they unlock those guys, it's it's pretty good. The lineup is decent. Um, and then you know the Yankees. Yankees are good this year. Yankees rotation is probably the best mm. in baseball. So yeah. Oh, I, I can't wait. I can't wait, uh, guys. As ever, thank you so much for listening and watching uh, on the YouTube channel. Hope you've enjoyed. If you have. Hit that subscribe button. We'll have a new podcast very soon as we start to build up towards spring training. Um, yeah. It's not that far away, is it? What, late February pitchers and catchers report? We're already in the middle of January-ish. <laughs> we're getting there. We're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. It's going to come. Meanwhile, you've got the Eagles flying high. You've got the Sixers, the Flyers, uh, you know, and the, the Union start up soon. So it's all, it's going to come around real quick. In the meantime, guys, enjoy the rest of your nights. Enjoy the rest of your week. And we will talk to you soon. Uh, from me, Dave Shaw, it's Ring the Bell. And from Alex. Ring the Bell, Dave. Yes. Ring See you later, folks. <laughs>